the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is a Friday, and uh, hopefully you will have a three-day weekend. I have a three-day weekend. Heidi has a three-day weekend, and uh, the best part of today is payday. So you're going to love all of that. So it's a perfect, this is a perfect Friday, as we like to say, here in uh, in the business. All right, before Robert Steinbach is waiting for us, Chris uh, Corbett will be calling momentarily. He'll be joining us here in the first hour as well. Uh, at 7 o'clock, because we're coming up on Memorial Day, got a special guest for us. Uh, this is uh, Army Major General Retired Jeff Schlossinger uh, is going to be with us. And he uh, commanded the 101st Airborne for 33 months, was in Kosovo, has been in Afghanistan, has been in a lot of different places. And we'll talk to him about Afghanistan. We'll spend some time talking about that today. And then uh, we've got uh, Matt Smith coming up the bottom of the hour. Next hour at 7.35, he'll talk about the movies that are uh, coming up uh, here in the uh, um, weekend. I saw one of them last night. I went and saw Quiet Place Part 2. If you like the first one, you're going to like the second one. Great, great movie. And Kaczynski's really showing himself to be a great director and uh, whoever it was that did the editing of that motion picture did a fantastic job. It, it really has you on the edge of your seat several times, uh, and you'll like it. I'm going to go see Corilla tonight. I've got my tickets already to go see that. All right, let me bring you up to date. A lot of, you know, as far as the diamonds go, whether it's baseball or softball, Arkansas has really got it going this year. Uh, number one team in college baseball, the Arkansas Razorbacks, last night huge game i mean a huge game you had the razorbacks taking on vandy uh, arkansas rated number one in the country vanderbilt rated number three uh, they faced off against each other i got home and in, in time to watch from the uh, third inning on uh, and uh, arkansas wins that ball game last night six to four so uh, they uh, are in the winner's bracket because they've won both of their games, they knocked off Georgia to start off at 11-2. Then they knocked off Vanderbilt last night, so they will not play again until Saturday. Over on the softball side, uh, the Lady Backs uh, ranked number 6th in the country. Uh, they will play tonight at 6 p.m. up in Fayetteville. That is sold out, by the way. If you're hoping to drive up late today and catch the games, it's sold out, totally sold out. Arkansas taking on 
uh, Arizona at 6 p.m. You can watch the game on ESPNU, uh, and then they'll play again on Saturday at uh, 4 p.m., and then the game on Sunday is to be determined uh, if uh, one of those teams wins two in a row. Uh, they're on their way to the College World Series in Oklahoma City. So uh, that's the way it's all shaken out as far as uh, things are going as far as sports. Now let's get to Robert. Let's get to Chris. They're both here with us right now. Robert Steinbach is, a, of course, a legal uh, professor, teacher at uh, the uh, university here locally. Uh, and uh, he joins us also. Uh, we've got Chris uh, Corbett, who's a practicing attorney, lives out in Conway. He joins us today as well. Now, I'm going to get into with them. I want to talk about some things that are happening as far as the ACLU, uh, but it's not a surprise. And, in fact, I think the ACO, ACLU has played right into our hands on this one. But before we do that, Robert, I want you to talk. By the way, Robert is with the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone and do not represent the Bowen School of Law or the university, uh, although they should because he's always right in his opinions as far as I'm concerned. He, uh, he brings to me saying that they've changed the name of an endowed chair from the Distinguished Professor of Law and Public Policy to the William J. Clinton Professor of Constitutional Law. Of course, let's remember about Clinton. He had his law license stripped from him because he lied under oath during his uh, impeachment. So, you know, and and, uh, so the question is, why would you name a chair after a former president that had his law license stripped from him? Uh, You got any more information on that, Robert? Is the university talking about that? A little bit, Dave. Thank you for asking about that. And we had talked about this, you and I, the other day, in fact. Uh, Yeah. So I don't for the last 20 years, this endowed chair uh, had this kind of generic name. And a few months ago, uh, the dean and the former dean just sort of started using the Bill Clinton name. And I didn't even notice it. And a colleague of mine, a liberal, Tom Sullivan, wrote a very long email to the entire faculty saying, when did we change the name of this endowed chair to the Bill Clinton, the slick Willie Bill Clinton? I added in the slick Willie. I know you The did. Bill Clinton um, endowed chair. When did that happen? Um, uh, of course, crickets, no response. And so I wrote uh, and I said, hey, you know, this is a good question that Tom Sullivan raises. I'm kind of curious myself. And we got this response that, oh, it had always supposed to have been, been that way. Wait, what? For 20 nobody knew that it was always supposed to be that way? So the whole history that was presented seems contradictory to everything that I heard, which was at one point they were going to name uh, one of these endowed chairs after Bill Clinton. Guess what happened then after that? He got booted out of the bar, not to mention, you know, the allegations uh, with uh, with women and and um, inappropriate conduct and Paula uh, Jones and, and everything else. But do you want to name a position at a law school uh, for someone who was prevented from practicing law, that seems a little contrary to me. Well, I think so that I don't know what's I think going everybody, on here. I think everybody Go takes ahead. constitutional law if they do name it 
uh, after Clinton should have to wear an orange jumpsuit. Well, it, it, it strikes me as bizarre uh, that you would uh, name a position at a law school after someone who is pre- was prevented from practicing law due to his wrongdoing related to law. Um, now, mind you, he didn't teach constitutional law here. He taught constitutional law up at Fayetteville, the best of my knowledge, they ain't got no name professorship, no endowed chair named after him. Um, so I don't know what's going on here. But uh, look, there, if you look across the country, there is still a small holdout of lefties trying to rehabilitate the now discredited name of Bill Clinton. And indeed, I would suggest the now discredited names of Bill and Hillary Clinton. Correct. But in a state like ours, a Republican state by far with a conservative legislature who, by the way, funds the operation of the law school. Not entirely. Right. We, we, we get tuition as well. Correct. Uh, but we get money from the state for sure. In fact, we couldn't operate without getting money from the state. Um, do, do you think it's a smart political move to be uh now employing uh, something we have never done for the last 20 years, that is the slick Willie Bill Clinton name on an endowed chair, that doesn't strike me as the way to curry favor with the legislature. But then again, I previously offered to uh, to set up or, or, or coordinate meetings with legislators for the benefit of the school getting money or whatever the case may be. And those uh, offers by me have gone unrequited. Um, But, you know, that perhaps doesn't surprise me. Uh, I I would think, you might posit, I would think that uh, um, if you wanted to talk to Republican legislators, which are uh, virtually all of the legislators in Arkansas, right, you would want to do so with someone who actually has connections with them, with someone who actually speaks with them, with someone who actually knows their names on a first-name basis. But maybe not. Hey, I only worked in the United States Senate at one point, so what do I know about interacting with elected officials? All right, so Chris, what do you think about this? Is this the first you heard about this? I know he's there. See if he's got his mute button on. Yeah, Chris, you, you got us on mute? All right. Well, we'll come back to him. We'll come back to indeed. him. He may, uh, we may have lost him. We think we have him, but we may have lost him. Uh, Chris uh, Corbett from up in Conway. We'll be back. We'll talk more about this, see if Chris gets with us, see how he feels about this. And, uh, you know, how do you feel about it? You can give us a call, 823-0965, if you'd like. We'll let you uh, say your piece as, as well. Hey, St. Clarity uh, Residential Cleaning. Here you go. Right after Labor, uh, our Memorial Day weekend coming up, you know, you're probably going to have some people uh, over for your, your house, maybe you're going to do some barbecuing out. I'm, I'm going to go see the Travelers play on Saturday night. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be taking a coat with me since they're talking about the, the lows going to be in the low 50s. And if there's any kind of breeze, it'll be chilly out there. So I'll have my coat on uh, for uh, the ball game. But I'm going to do that this weekend. But if it comes down to after the weekend, you've had people through your house, things have kind of got 
muddied up or you know extra dirt has been tracked into the house and you want to get it cleaned do it with st clarity residential cleaning uh, all you have to do is give them a call they'll come out and they'll uh, take a look at your house you tell them what you want to do they're going to mark it all down on their special form and they'll get it done it'll take them four or five hours on the day that they come out to clean your house and typically that's 300 bucks Except if you do it through 101.1 FM, The Answer, in the Dave Ellswick Show. With Dave Ellswick Show, you can uh, call 404-6560 after 9 o'clock, talk to Chuck, talk to Lynn, and they'll get you a certificate that's good for 50% off so that you only have to pay $150 to get your your home sparkling clean, deep cleaned, by St. Clarity. So keep that in mind. 404-6560. Get your house looking the way you want it to look with the folks from St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. All right, Dave Ellswick Show. Quick break. We come back with more. We've got, of course, Robert Steinbach. We've got Chris Corbett. I think we've got Chris back on the phone. And we'll see what he has to think about having an endowed chair named after former President Bill Clinton. All right, if you just joined us, uh, Robert Steinbach, who is a law professor over at Bowen School of Law, brought to our attention that they're calling the uh, Bowen School of Law's constitutional, uh, I guess, uh, law class, uh, the, the chair yeah, the after... Class, Dave, the, it's an endowed chair, essentially. The, that's not the terms that we use. But it's a, there's a position when you're a professor that you can get extra money and a title if it's awarded to you, uh, we do it on a uh, on a five year basis. The person who's held it, who holds it now, has held it uh, for the last, I think, roughly twenty years. So it hasn't rotated, but wow. it was to be renewed uh, with some gaps, shall we say? Um, but yeah, so that position for the last twenty years has been called the um, distinguished professor of law and public policy, or something similar to that. And a few months ago. It was just changed uh, by, uh, in terms of the dean and the person holding it, a former dean, incidentally, uh, they started calling it the um, uh, William Jefferson Clinton Professor of Constitutional Law, or as I like to say, the Slick Willie uh, professorship. Um, And um, I didn't even realize it, like I say, and a colleague of mine said, wait, when did this happen? Um, And that's, that's where we're at. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, if if it had been a Republican that we were talking about, and he had had the background that uh, President, uh, former President Clinton had, I can tell you right now they'd be raised in holy he double hockey sticks about this. So, Chris, Chris, what's your think thoughts about this? Just just my initial view of this. It seems there's some delusional. Um, sense of um, propriety here, right? That the mere passage of time can fix what Clinton did. And then we've got um, uh, this uh, set of professors or some of the leadership there at the law school wanting to uh, name this thing the Clinton endowed professorship and despite the fact that he can't practice law anymore, despite the fact that we want people to tell the truth um, on the stand, right? Especially our licensed attorneys, not to mention one that is also a current 
was a current sitting U.S. president. Uh, I, I think I think it needs to be. I think the delusion needs to go back and be reevaluated here. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And I'm uh, I'm along with uh, Robert here. The the uh, legislature can have some say in this. And uh, I know Dan Sullivan's listening in. If he wants to call in, we'd be more than happy to hear from him and and get his uh, take on this uh, as well. Uh, because I don't particularly think that the legislature would be thrilled about this. I don't think the governor would be thrilled. I don't. No. I don't think the, uh, the you know the AG or the lieutenant governor or any of the constitutional officers would be uh, thrilled about this. And you know we already got the airport named after him. I don't know why uh, we feel why people feel that you know Bill Clinton needs to be held up as some great legal scholar which he wasn't uh as far as i'm concerned pretty pretty obvious when you lie under oath and you get your law license taken away from you you might not know the law very well so uh we'll see if this if this holds uh and we'll see how much the cancel culture will get involved in this uh with this former president who was known about his womanizing and hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein and all the rest of the things that that he's done. So we shall see, shall we? That's right. That's right. The the mere passage of time may also fix their delusion, right? Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, uh, do you expect that any brouhaha might explode about this now that it's becoming public? I don't know the answer to that question, Dave. It's a good question, of course, as yours typically are. But uh, the problem in academia across this country is that they are these little silos, and they're not given um, sort of the public exposure uh, that should happen often. Take, for example, what's going on up in Fayetteville now, where they're seeking to move the statue, the president, excuse me, the chancellor up there seeking to move the statue of uh, Fulbright, a former senator, you know, long since deceased senator uh, Fulbright, uh, uh, from its sort of main square position, uh, because he had views uh, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s that are not consistent with views of most people uh, today, nearly 100 years later. Surprise, surprise, those views are not entirely consistent. (laughs) Meanwhile, Fulbright, uh, I'm a Fulbright scholar. I went on a Fulbright scholarship, uh, and so I have a title uh, that I am able to use in light of the fact uh, that uh, this uh, great senator did a great thing in establishing that great program. And I'm honored to be called called a Fulbright Scholar, uh, and I wouldn't move that statue uh, from its place on the Fayetteville campus. So all of that is to say we see see things within Arkansas and across this country in which uh, sort of inside the bubble of academia, inside the ivory towers, uh, they make these political decisions like changing – Uh, how we've been calling an endowed chair for the last 20 years to now all of a sudden call it after Slick Willie Bill Clinton, um, 
it, it, you know, it's a bit of an echo chamber in academia. And I think when you get out into the real world, if you uh, ever pick up a fishing pole, for example, if you uh, own a, um, a rifle, you know, if you do the things that most Arkansans actually do, uh, you might have a different perspective than the perspective of uh, eating cucumber sandwiches with a crust cut off of it, uh, because I think there's a real divide amongst or between, I should say, uh, what the uh, average Arkansan thinks in terms of what's smart for Arkansans mm-hmm. and Americans and what those cloistered in the ivory towers think is the right thing. Of course, you remember well when the then dean, the previous dean of the law school, sent out a, me- a memo absolutely decrying the election of President Trump. That was some great intervention into politics. That was a smart move, I say, sarcastically, to be clear. Um, and within a few weeks, he no longer was the dean. So I think it's always a dangerous move when people in our educational institution decide to make blatantly political uh, comments like that former dean did. All right. I don't think that's a smart move. Got to get a break. We got the news yep. coming up. When we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of pieces of legislation that are law now, and they are being challenged by the ACLU. And guess what? That's what we wanted. All right, back with you. If you've got questions about filing for Social Security, like you're like five years out from filing. Uh, you probably have some legitimate questions. Most people do. I know I did. Uh, get the answers in a simple, easy-to-understand booklet uh, called Your Guide to Social Security, been put together by David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. They do a great job of giving these small booklets out uh, about Social Security and uh, dealing with uh, getting ready for your retirement, things of that nature that breaks everything down into some nice bite-sized pieces And the 27-page booklet outlines what you need to know. That could help you earn even more income when you file for Social Security. So if you're within five years of filing, get this free booklet now by calling 501-222-3315. As a bonus, you're going to receive a free, customized Social Security analysis that pinpoints the optimal time to get every nickel do you out of your social security benefits pick up the phone call right now 501-222-3315 that's 501-222-3315 and remember it's absolutely free all right back we've got uh, robert steinbach with us law professor bowen school law you know, his opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of the Bowen School of Law or the university to which it's attached. And Chris Corbett is with us. Chris is a uh, law uh, lawyer uh, here in the state of Arkansas. He specializes in engineering law, which is a very uh, demanding uh, study, to be honest with you. But he also does a, a lot of other things within the, the legal profession. So, guys, I wanted to come back and talk to you about the ACLU now has brought suit here in the state against uh, two pieces of legislation. The first piece uh, is the uh, legislation that uh, Senator uh, Rapert got passed uh, dealing with 
uh, abortion, and uh, he had passed it two years ago, and it had a trigger on it and said that if the uh, Supreme Court found that abortion uh, was going to be illegal, they changed Roe v. Wade, that we would automatically trigger into uh, denying uh, abortion abortions here in the state. Uh, the other and what they did is they took the trigger out and they just said, hey, look, we're going to make it illegal. And that's what they did. And then you have the, the one that came from uh, Robin Lundstrom dealing uh, with transgenderism and about uh, doing uh, uh, operations on on minors and things of that nature and making that illegal. Well, the ACLU has brought both of these now, brought suit against both of these. No surprise here. I think that the right, the people, the conservatives that pushed this, uh, both of these laws, wanted them to bring suit because right now the only power that we have uh, as conservatives is what we can do through the court system. Uh, they've, you know, Democrats got control of the House. They got control of the Senate. I mean, it's very, very narrow, but it's still control. And then you have the presidency as well. So the courts are our last, you know, area that we can we can go to. Uh, do you think that this was a smart move, as far as you're concerned, Chris? To to put two laws up that you know are going to be challenged by the ACLU that you feel like the president, former President uh, Trump, uh, got enough conservatives on the Supreme Court that they will rule, hopefully, in our uh, our favor? Well, it's interesting, David. You know, this is how the process works. We have these three equal branches of government, right? So when uh, the public sees fit to elect individuals, want to pass laws, uh, that's what happens. They pass some laws here, and then the public has the right to challenge them in the judicial branch. So um, if there was a long-term strategy here, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out to see if some of these laws are going to be upheld. Um, I just pulled the one of the ACL aclu lawsuits here just to review the causes of action looks like it's going to come down on the 14th amendment um and uh, due process and equal protection uh it's going to come down to whether you know is it a fundamental right where's the fundamental rights is what i'm looking at Mm -hmm. and um yeah so the the strategy of that is a uh i don't know the strategy you know what they i don't know how that strategy is going to play out it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out so to make it analogous, would, could you could you ban um, guns? Could the legislature get together and ban guns? Um, they could, but then we have the Second Amendment right to bear arms. That's right on point, right? This is a little different. I don't know if um, um, this, that strategy was there, but I think people's uh, thoughts on uh, this transgender movement has changed a little bit where we've got um, – men being able to participate in women's sports because they identify as being a male or a female. It's just, it's confusing to me, Dave. And to see this, the judicial branch struggle with this, it's going to be very interesting to see how they how they uh, form their arguments around this. So what do you think, Robert? I, I Let me just say yesterday I had Jason Rapert on and uh, we talked about the abortion bill. And... I understand everybody feels like the president with Gorsuch and 
and Barrett and all the rest that have gone into the Supreme Court uh, under him, uh, we have a good chance of getting the kind of of uh, Supreme Court verdict we would like. However, you know, it's, it's always a crapshoot when you talk about the Supreme Court. What do you think? Indeed. Look, the conservative movement has always been about pro-life positions, at least always in the modern times. And the issue that conservatives have had uh, with the Supreme Court is that they don't see the Roe versus Wade opinion as well-founded. It's the law until it's changed, let's be clear, but they don't see it, we don't see it, frankly, uh, as a well-founded opinion, uh, but nonetheless, like I say, established law. So the way to get that to change, because the Supreme Court historically has reversed itself, right? We know famous cases uh, in which the Supreme Court has reversed itself. So when we say something is the law because the Supreme Court said so, we simply mean, as of now, this is the way Supreme Court's ruling. Uh, What it means to be the law abstractly is kind of a uh, nonsensical question for everyday people, meaning how is it being enforced is what is irrelevant. And so for the last 50 years, the courts have said that there is a significant right to have an abortion somehow embedded in the Constitution. The only way to get that to change is to write a law contrary to that interpretation, have it litigated all the way up to the Supreme Court, and hope that those Supreme Court just the new Supreme Court justices will say, you know what, that old decision, we reject it, mm-hmm. and we now have a new decision. So that's a process that's playing out. I think both sides are doing the only thing they can do, which is the conservatives enact a law that they want to see uh, take over to, to, to be controlling, understanding that it's contrary to the Supreme Court precedent. And the only way for that law uh, to be uh, enforced is if the precedent is overruled. But that law would be enforced unless someone seeks to enjoin it in court. And that's what the ACLU has done. I think the ACLU has done the only thing they could do, because if they didn't sue on that law, then that law would go in effect in Arkansas. Correct. Nobody will have stopped it. And that's not what the ACLU wants. It. So they sort of were forced to challenge it, meaning I don't think they were tricked. I don't see what else they could do since they are uh, pro-choice, not pro-life. Well, and, and that's the, the point that I'm making here is that, you know, uh, people like uh, Jason Rapert and, uh, you know, the folks at the Family Council, Jerry Cox and, and Rose Mims at, at uh, Arkansas Life, they knew that they would have to do it and went back and, and took that trigger out knowing that this is where this was going to end up. So I, I got to believe they think they have a really good shot if with this getting all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, of course, Mississippi beat them to it. But we'll see what happens with the Mississippi law that the Supreme Court has already said that they will hear about it. Well, indeed, I think all the conservative states are trying the same thing, and I'm not sure they each state cares much whether they're the first at the Supreme Court or not. 
they all want to get the issue before the Supreme Court now that we clearly have a more conservative court. Does it mean that the court will necessarily overturn Roe? Of course, the answer to that question is no. But with that said, since the Supreme Court has taken up the issue, as we talked about, I believe, on your show previously, the likelihood is that the conservatives on the court polled each other to get a sense of where they think the issue is going to come out because they wouldn't have voted to take up the case unless they at least think that it's going to come out a different way than Roe. They could be wrong, to be clear. People's votes change. But generally, when you bring up one of these cases uh, that challenges an existing precedent, those that vote in its favor do so to overturn the law. Not always, but often. Well, I, you know, I, I hear a lot of people say, well, we got a 6-3 majority on the court. I uh, I disagree. I think uh, it's 5-4. I don't, I don't think you can, you can, uh, you can count on Roberts uh, to tow a, a, a conservative line, not after what we saw, what he did with Obamacare and, and whatnot. So, I, I, I still think it will come down to a 5-4 decision. Which way? I'm sure hoping that it goes the way that we hope it does, which is that they'll vote life. But I've been, I've been disappointed before by, by conservatives. All right, let's get a final break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk further here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's talk a little bit about you know President Biden's $6 trillion for infrastructure uh, and uh, then came out, and it's like nobody noticed that he said, oh, yeah, and then we're going to have to hike taxes uh, as well. So we'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, Robert Steinbach, and, of course, with uh, Chris Corbett. Uh, don't forget about PI roofing. Uh, last night, uh, if you had a leak, you got water in your house, and it's it's doing damage uh, to the inside of your home, whether it's to the insulation, whether it's to some drywall, whether it uh, pulled, uh, you know, in an area and it's attacking the wood on top of your house, whatever, it's doing damage. And uh, you want to make sure that that damage stops because your roof is the last line of defense against Mother Nature getting into your home. So, why don't you give them a call at PI Roofing, 707-3551, 707-3551, and they'll come out, take a look at your roof, see if there's anything that you need to know about, see if there's some uh, areas that look weak and maybe you need to do some uh, preventive maintenance on and uh, let them take care of it for you. They do a great job. They're fantastic professionals and uh, Joel and uh, Veronica uh, Johnson from PI Roofing will give you the same service that I've gotten over the 20 years that I've used them, and I have nothing bad to say about uh, PI Roofing at all. That number again, 707-3551, 707-3551, or piroofing.com. Back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show final segment. With Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett, good to have both of them along today. Guys, the President of the United States wants to spend $6 trillion on infrastructure. The Republicans say, no, no, I don't think so. Maybe 
maybe $990 billion would be more like it. Of course, you've got to understand what you call infrastructure uh, if you're a Democrat. In- infrastructure for Democrats is not roads, bridges, uh, sewers, and things of that nature only. It's also what they call social infrastructure which is, uh, you know, getting your, your, taking your child and putting them into school when they're three years old, uh, taking uh, and, and paying for, you know, uh, child care and all kinds of different things. So that's their uh, definition of infrastructure. That's why I always ask Congressman Hill and Congressman Westerman when I have them on if they got their new lexicon uh, when they showed up for work that week. Uh, by the way, the media... When the, uh, the, the president was out talking about infrastructure, talking about the January 6th commission and all the rest of the stuff, hey, they were more interested about another really important issue that they were asking the president uh, uh, about. Do you have any idea what that might have been, Chris? No. What, what, what were they talking about? Uh, they wanted to know what ice cream flavor – he was eating there in Ohio. Here's the question. Mr. President, what did you order? A reporter asked Biden, who held up a stuffed ice cream cone outside Honey Hut Ice Cream in in Cleveland. Chocolate, chocolate chip, he replied. Cheers and ooing to be heard uh, from the media. Unbelievable. Yeah, this is some of this in-depth reporting by CNN, right? Yeah, well, CNN, ABC, NBC, all the rest of them. It's just—it's incredible to me. They wanted to know what kind of ice cream he was eating. They could have cared less. He's talking six trillion dollars, and he wants yeah. to, you know, raise taxes and uh, talking about the January sixth commission, which they—they uh, they held off the vote last night. They'll vote today, and. Uh, uh, McConnell says they don't have the votes to get it done, so the Democrats are going to have to, you know, sit on their thumbs, so to speak. You know, how about you, you know, Robert, what do you think about, you know, those kinds of questions on serious issues that are sitting right in front of the media? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think we have now seen over the last five years that the media is not an unbiased sort of fourth branch of government, as it is often said to be, but it is actually a political engine uh, desiring to bring out outcomes. And the same now is for places like Facebook and Twitter. They're not an open forum at all. They cut off people who want to say conservative things, and they uh, enhance the voice of leftists. So we no longer live in a world in which we can say that, as a general matter, the press is unbiased. We've always known that, like the New York Times, historically was a little bit liberal. Okay, we said, but their reporting generally was pretty straight up. Not entirely, but pretty straight up. Now it's not. It is just not even close. Now it's not. It's yeah. not even close. Yeah, New York Times uh, and, and Washington way, Post as well. Well, and then, of course, the Washington Post, <clears throat> under the Graham family, was a real newspaper. And then it got bought out by the Amazon owner, uh, Jeff Bezos. And so it's Amazon Post now. It's not really the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. And it's really uh, a, a propaganda tool, largely. 
Well, That's the tragedy. If I may divert, just yeah. because I know we only have a couple of minutes left. Yeah, go ahead. I want to say something that you and I have talked about many times, both on and off the air, which is I encourage people to do what you, Chris, and I have all done, which is go out and get your COVID vaccine. I know a lot of people are wary. But the evidence, and Chris uh, studied uh, microbiology and chemistry and many sciences, the evidence is quite clear that it's overwhelmingly safe, the, the vaccines are, that is, the COVID vaccines, and you're much safer to have gotten the vaccine than to wind up catching COVID. COVID can kill you. Uh, the, so there's a, there have been a couple of uh, bad or a few bad reactions to COVID vaccines, but those pale in comparison to the known bad reaction to catching COVID. So when you say, well, I'm worried about the vaccine, well, as compared to what? Compared to actually catching COVID, it's much, much safer. Even if you've had COVID, by the way, you're still better off getting the vaccine because the evidence shows that you are better protected having gotten the vaccine on top of having caught uh, COVID. I wouldn't force anybody, and the state certainly is not going to force anybody, but go consider getting the vaccine. And now the governor has put into place uh, a lottery. You could win a million dollars. I don't know how much it is, frankly, but you could win a lot of money uh, because you get a free lottery ticket if you go get the vaccine. Yeah, some guy in Ohio got a free lottery c- ticket, and he did win a million dollars for getting his that's shot. Right. I mean, that that, that's the way it place. works. By Governor Mike DeWine, when he was a U.S. senator, I worked for him. Really? Yes. Did On the you? Senate Judiciary Committee. That's what I mentioned earlier in your show. You know, I actually yeah. have a little bit of exposure to this kind of thing. You might not be aware. I say somewhat sarcastically. Yeah, I know your what your what your background is. That's why you're Indeed. on my show all the time. Oh, by the Indeed. way, I wanted to thank everybody who took part uh, in our broadcast yesterday on uh, Facebook. Uh, if you go and, and look at Facebook, we had the interview yesterday with the governor. We had the interview with Jason Rapert, and we had over 32,000 views yesterday on, wow. our, on our Facebook page. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. It was, it was, uh, a lot of people were interested to hear what the governor had to say and to hear what Jason Rapert said. Uh, and Jason should be uh, uh, know that there are a lot of people in Illinois that hate his guts. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they went they went crazy. The trolls were out yesterday, no doubt about you that. You mean the folks from Chicago? That's kind oh, of an endorsement. No, they the were folks down in Chicago. Don't like you. That's an endorsement. Yeah, no, that was in it was in Central, down in Peoria okay. uh, land, just the way it, it goes. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Have a great Memorial Day. I've got the God former bless. commander of the 101st Airborne on with us next here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
All right, back with you. Final hour of the Dave Ellswick Show for this Friday as we move into your Memorial Day weekend. And I know you've got thoughts about going to the beach and maybe uh, you're going to have a big barbecue at your house and all the rest. But do me a favor. Being a vet, I I want you to remember something. Uh, the, the, The day that we're going to celebrate over this weekend is Memorial Day. Now, Veterans Day is for all of us who have served in the military, and we remember everybody who served in the military, but the Memorial Day is for those who gave the highest cost when they served their country. They gave their life. Whether male or female, they gave their life for your and my freedom. They put themselves between you and and the enemy with the gun and the bullet, okay? Keep that in mind, and take some time to, you know, when you say your prayers, to thank God for those men and women who have been willing to do that. And there have been a lot. There have been a lot since World War One that have done that and stood against fascism and communism and terrorism and all kinds of isms out there, uh, in the U.S. military. And today, Jeff Schlosser uh, is going to be with us. He is a Army Major General retired. He uh, was uh, in charge of the, or in command, of the 101st Airborne. Now, the 101st Band of Brothers, as if you know it from the HBO special, uh, you'll recognize they have a long and illustrious career in, in the military. And uh, the Major General joins us today. He's got a book out that's called Marathon War, Leadership in Combat in Afghanistan. And let me just start off by asking of, of you, uh, uh, General, and, and that is simply this. Is it time to get out of Afghanistan? I think it is. Uh, a lot of other people think it is. Do you think it is? I mean, you command it over there. Well, Dave, first, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, second, I just, you know, for everybody listening, you know, uh, I'm a 34-year-old vet, uh, you know, served all around the world. My dad served three tours in Vietnam, did a tour in Korea during, you know, the 50s, and then was in the Army of Occupation during the early 50s in Germany. Uh, my son served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and my daughter spent in Afghanistan as in the Department of the Army civilian. So I am not a believer in forever war. I do want to say, though, Dave, that I am concerned about how we're leaving Afghanistan at this point. I'm really concerned that the country is going to collapse and we're going to end up having a safe haven for al-Qaeda, Islamic State, and others. You know, a lot of people say that uh, Karzai wasn't the best man for the job. How did, how did you find him? I mean, you were over there when he was in charge. Yeah, I was. And in fact, uh, there's quite a bit about Car- President Karzai and Marathon Moore. Uh, you know, initially, uh, as I saw him, I, I thought he was every bit the, uh, you know, Afghan president that the country needed. Uh, he was dapper, well-dressed, very well-spoken in English, and seemed like he had a very good grasp of the politics that uh, he was facing, both the tribal and, and ethnic politics. As time went on, though, he would basically, uh, I started to doubt his character, Dave. I mean, uh, he would, uh, when uh, al-Qaeda uh, or Taliban attacked across the border, 
and kill civilians on purpose, kill Afghan civilians and ch- children, women on purpose. He wouldn't say anything. Uh, and then when we would have a, a sheer accident where the Taliban would attack us from a home where there were known women, where they knew there were women and children, and we made a mistake and had civilian casualties, he would absolutely decry us, tell us that, you know, we, we were doing terrible things and we had to stop all that. That continued, and it wore on my leaders, it wore on myself, and, you know, more importantly, on the young soldiers. Uh, You know, they were thinking, hey, I'm here trying to defend your country for you and your people, and here you are telling me that I'm doing terrible things and the Taliban you ignore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I find it interesting, uh, as I, you know, I mean, it's been 20 years now that we've been in Afghanistan. And uh, I was all about getting in there and, and cleaning up the Taliban and stopping the terrorist camps and trying to get, uh, you know, uh, the main terrorist leaders and, and, and whatnot. Uh, I th- I, it's my own personal thought that we can kind of pull back some because we got such a presence now in the Middle East that we can strike from just about anywhere uh, if we have to. Uh, I just don't know if throwing more money after bad money is you know the answer for us here in the states yeah that's that's absolutely that you're what you're seeing you know uh people who care in our country this is that's exactly what they're talking about is it worth it you know after 20 years and what we have now um so let me just turn that around and just say from the national interest of the united states of america just just talk that no, I'm not talking about the Afghans. I'm not talking about the people that are going to be killed purposely because we leave. But from our viewpoint, from my viewpoint, looking at our national interest, our national security interest, if that country again becomes a safe haven for al-Qaeda and Islamic State under a Taliban rule, and I don't think there's going to be long before they're totally in charge of the country and they've turned it to exactly what they want, which is a radical Islamic State, I think that that's bad for America. I write in Marathon more that, you know, we can turn our backs on Afghanistan, but Afghanistan will not forget about us. And uh, what I mean by that is, is as a safe haven for terrorist groups, again, I am worried that uh, down the road, you know, they'll come attacking us again, either in our own country or uh, everywhere where we have Americans uh, throughout this world. Well, let's talk about the American fighting man in Afghanistan. My son was was there. Uh, he was in the Navy. He went over and he got involved in logistics while he was there. And most of his jobs were outside the wire. For those that don't know what I'm saying, it means that he was out in the wild, wild west of Afghanistan. And I know that you know how wild it gets if you get away too far from where we hold control in that in that country. How are our men and women holding up over there? I mean, I know how great the soldiers, airmen, sailors, Marines are. I I served in the military for 10 years. Uh, I know how great they are, but you can only ask of a man or a woman to do so much. Yeah, I totally agree on that, Dave. So let me just say first, you know, for all Americans listening, you ought to be proud of those that served uh, in Afghanistan, as well as Iraq and, and around our world. Uh, but in serving at war is a challenging thing. I write in Marathon War that you go to war, but you don't come back the same person. Mm-hmm. And uh, the families see it. Sometimes the families themselves change because of uh, how that person who's gone to war that they love, you know, how that all occurs. So, but I would just say, you know, these 
every one of them were volunteers, you know, Army, Marine, our soldiers, Marines, uh, uh, air, airmen, and a lot of sailors. I had a lot of them out there in the middle of the desert, a uh, long ways away from the sea, uh, doing awesome jobs. But it changes you. And uh, we need to understand that. We need to take, in, take responsibility and ensure that we do not, as we walk out of Afghanistan, we do not forget the service of those that were killed there, especially now as we're talking about Memorial Day for this year. But those also equally, really equally important that come back, they, they are changed incredibly, whether it's physically from uh, injuries uh, or emotionally, mentally from you know injuries that are less seen but are still there. Uh, let's not forget these people. Uh, you served under uh, George Bush. He was commander-in-chief during the time that uh, you were in Afghanistan. Uh, you served under uh, the Central Command Commanding General David Petraeus, whose name is is whispered amongst military men and women because they felt that he was a he was like Bradley in World War II. He had his men and his women at the forefront of what he was thinking, uh, but he did what was necessary uh, to win. Give us a thought, your thoughts about Petraeus. Was he as great of a general as everybody said he was? You know, I served under uh, General Petraeus two times. I was uh, his assistant division commander in combat in Iraq in you know, 03 and 04, right after we went into that, that country. And then, and then later he was my senior boss there as the central command, commanding general uh, there in Afghanistan. I don't think there are many uh, general officers or flag officers um, that were serving at that time that had a strategic view quite like uh, General Petraeus. And uh, what I liked about him is, is that uh, he he allowed us to do the tactical war fighting on the ground as long as it made sense strategically. But he definitely saw the role. He saw that, you know, none of this would end uh, unless he was deeply involved uh, both in Pakistan and in the political politics of America as well as in NATO. And uh, I think that that's where he, he excelled, is, is the strategic issues. And I, as you know, as a vet, uh, Dave, we can fight all day tactically, but if we don't get the strategic goals and the support and the logistics done, uh, it won't occur. It won't matter. You know, you can win battles all day, but you won't win a war. Yeah, it doesn't take. You're exactly right. We'll be back with the uh, the Major General here in a second, uh, uh, Jeff uh Slosher, he's going to be with us uh, for the, this half hour. It's great talking to him. We get a, a bird's eye view of what it was like over in Afghanistan. We can talk about Iraq. We can talk about Kosovo. He was involved in Kosovo and a lot of other things here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So stay with us. Let me remind you about East End Towing and what's going on with East End Towing. You know, what do you do when your car breaks down? You know, you want to get into a parking lot or on the right shoulder of the expressway if you can. The right shoulder, of course, is the slow lane. And uh, then you want to look around and make sure there's no hazards on the road. You want to make sure there's not big chunks of tire hanging around uh, there where, uh, you know, an 18-wheeler shredded a, a retread or something. You want to make sure it's a, uh, you're away from a, an exit that can be a, a dangerous place to be. Because that's where the tow operator is going to have to work as well. He's going to be out there uh, with the traffic whizzing by him and things of that nature. We want to keep him 
uh, safe as well. Uh, keep in mind about the new campaign that's going on, slow down and move over. Uh, if you're out on the road, uh, if you're driving down the road like I was today and I saw a tow truck over on the, on the right side, I moved to the far left lane to give the gentleman all the room that was necessary for him to do his job. And you want the person that does the job for you, the, the tow for you, to know all the rules and regulations of the state as far as towing goes. What about private property tows? Uh, what are you going to do with your vehicle? I mean, will they take it to where you want it to be taken to or will they say, no, you got to go to an impound lot? You need to know all of that. It'll save you a whole lot of money if you do. East End Towing says give them a call. No matter the situation, they can handle it, and they've got the answers. Their number is 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. All right, so a special guest with us today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Army Major General Retired Jeff Solcher joins us. He's got a new book out talking about marathon war, leadership in combat in Afghanistan. He has served in, let me run through the litany here because it's, a, it's, it's impressive, I got to tell you, General. Afghanistan, Iraq, Kosovo, Albania, Kuwait, Haiti, Jordan, Korea, and then twice in Germany. And I guess when you went to Germany, you thought you were, you know, on R&R, I guess, as far as that's concerned with all the different other places that that you were at. Being a commander of the 101st, which does carry uh, quite uh, a name for itself, to say the least, <coughs> uh, how difficult was the political war? I mean, there's the war that's out on the battlefield, but you had to deal with the Afghanis, you had to deal with the Pakistanis, and you had to deal with higher command. That's all. That's always tough for the man who's got his boots on the ground. Chad, yeah, that is a great question. And you know what I'll say is is that uh, you know it was in a unique position where I mean, just so our listeners understand, you know, I would actually speak to the President of the United States. Well, he would come to Afghanistan, and then we used a secure video conference uh, to talk to the President uh, in my position. And uh, I had a, every two weeks, I uh, briefed the Secretary of Defense, uh, at the time it was uh, Secretary uh, Rob, Robert Gates. I, every uh, two weeks, I met with the Minister of Defense and the Minister of Interior of Afghanistan. And uh, during our 15 months, I made eight trips to Pakistan to speak to the U.S. ambassador there, uh, the senior intelligence officer, but most importantly to uh, the Pakistani army leadership. Um, balancing all of that as long, you know, as well as the, the political aspect, as well as with my tactical portion was, uh, was really a challenge. You know, I literally could, would come in off of the battlefield, you know, seeing a squad in action or a platoon uh, on the Pakistani border. And then uh, two hours later fly to say uh, either the Kabul uh, to the U S embassy or to the ministry there, or that evening, speak to the President of the United States. I well recall that uh, on a secure video conference with President Karzai in Washington, D.C., and try to get them the flavor of what it's like to be a soldier or a Marine, you know, uh, in the dirt, in the dust, not 
not terribly different than what you know my dad saw in Vietnam three tours there, or in, our vets saw in Korea or World War Two. I mean, wars a lot of dirt, a lot of you know basically a, a brutal situation before the enemy even starts, and uh, and it's you know I would try to give a flavor like that to the politicians. I got to tell you, it was a true pleasure to work for President Bush. He was a uh, you know, an incredible commander in chief. And uh, in a previous job, I had routinely spoke, you know, spoke to him or talked to the president about uh, counterterrorism in our country. And uh, I have nothing but the greatest respect for uh, his wartime leadership. Um, but it was always, I thought, important to ensure that he saw what was happening on the ground. That was my job. This is what's happening in the foxholes there in Afghanistan, you know, Mr. President. Well, while I've got you on, on the air, let me ask a couple of, of questions that don't directly affect, you know, the war in Afghanistan, things of that nature, because there's other important issues that are out there. A lot of people think that the Space Command is uh, a bunch of BS. I personally don't think so. You know, you look at how what China's doing in, in outer space, and we've got to be concerned about what they're doing. We do not want to be behind you know, the, the, the learning curve in, in this. So I think the Space Command was a good move. How, what, what do you think on that? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, let's, let's, uh, all of us Americans, let's remember something. Or all, all of us global citizens, if you have a phone and you use it to go, you know, say, uh, digital map or mapping, you know, you want to go to someplace and you don't know how to get there, which is increasingly common, I find, for myself uh, as I travel around the United States. He used what's called a global positioning system. It was initially and still is a military system, but we use it for uh, uh, all of us citizens, right? Everything that uh, that goes from space is important to us on the ground. You know, there are many classified things occurring up in there that we can't talk about. But so much of that benefit that's in space comes to us. Calls routinely, routine, you know, uh, routed through uh, satellites and of that nature. What we've become so used to watching, if anybody's been looking at a house and you uh, use uh, satellites and Zillow to look at that house from, uh, it looks like an overhead view. Well, you know, that, that comes uh, out, of the, out of the space. I want to just tell Americans that increasingly there's going to be, you know, actions by other countries to, to take our leadership in space and to uh, deny it. And we have got to have a coherent uh, unity of command, and the Space Force is that. All right, final question. i got 60 seconds for you to answer this. Cybersecurity, we just saw with the shutdown of that pipeline on the, the East Coast, how important that is. Are we putting enough money behind it? No. And uh, all of us need to get with our elected officials and say, hey, this is important. That was a clear warning. And, you know, we support having increased cyber uh, security in our country. We've got to do that. Otherwise, we're going to you know, a gas shutdown will be nothing compared to what we would be facing if they open up dams, shut down electricity, shut down all the air conditioning throughout all the hospitals in the United States. It can, it's terrible. Cyber uh- is important. I, I appreciate you being on today. I will tell you, my son said that the worst thing about serving in Afghanistan was the smell. Because he, <laughs> he, he talked about how, you know, they burn uh, human waste to heat their homes in many places. And he said it just flat out stank over there. So 
I can just tell you that was his big bring home from from Afghanistan. I look forward to reading your book, Marathon War. Uh, Jeff uh, Slosher, thank you so much. Uh, Army Major General, retired. Thank you, sir, for your service. And uh, thanks for yours as well, and thanks for having me on the show. You're precious. We'll have you back on in the in the future. Uh, it was great interview. Great interview uh, from the uh, the Major General. All right, a break, and then we'll come back. And Matt Smith will join us. Some good movies starting this weekend. Hey, don't forget about Cabot Emergency Hospital. They are now open in Cabot, serving all of the Cabot area, Jacksonville. Uh, over there in Ward and up in BB, those areas are serviced directly by the Cabot Emergency Hospital, put together by 100% physician-owned people. I mean, these are people that know health care, not health insurance, health care. They know that, too, but they know health care. And uh, they're board-certified emergency physicians uh, with over 130 years of experience and one of them is there all the time at the Cabot Emergency Hospital. They're always open 24 7, 365, and that means when I say 365, all holidays as well. Uh, if you have an emergency and you need to get over there and be checked out, know they have a complete radiology suite, x rays, CT, MRI scans, bedside ultrasound. That's especially. Uh, good news for the high schools and junior highs uh, in the area where you got kids playing sports and might get injured and can be taken directly there and find out the extent of their injuries. Or let's say you think you're having a heart attack. They have an on-site lab where they can take a blood sample and check the enzyme levels uh, for different things to see if you are having a heart attack or not. And they have a pharmacy, so if you need drugs, they can make sure those are taken care of as well. They are patient-centered. That means when you show up, you are the person they are concerned about. It is your emergency. And, of course, if you're the person having the emergency, your emergency matters. You want to be seen, and you want to be seen as quickly as you can. I can guarantee you, if you go to Cabot Emergency Hospital, you're not going to be sitting around in a waiting room for 45, uh, 30, 45 minutes waiting to be seen by a physician. They'll get you back to life faster so that you don't have to wait. That's Cabot Emergency Hospital. They're over on uh, 89, right next to 67167, and they're on the side of uh, Walmart and over there by David's Burger. So... If you go over and you're cleared and it wasn't as bad of an emergency as you thought, stop and have lunch or dinner right there at David's Burgers. Great place to eat as well. All right, let's uh, get to to Matt. Matt is here. Always good to have him along. Matt is the the man who's behind all of the uh, VIP cinemas here in Central Arkansas, down there in, uh, of course, Hot Springs, here in Little Rock at the uh, Riverdale uh, VIP Cinema, uh, Cabot VIP Cinema, Searcy VIP Cinema, and up in Batesville at the Oaks VIP Cinema. And a couple of new movies starting this weekend. I went and saw one of them last night. I saw Quiet Place Part 2, and I have to say, and I'll tell everybody who saw the first movie and thought, wow, this is a great movie. When you walk out of this movie, you're going to go, wow, that was a great movie. 
Uh, this is not a Southmore uh, screw-up. This is directed well by John Kaczynski, acted fantastically by the cast, and uh, it's a great movie. It's just, And it has you on the end, edge of your seat all the time, uh, Matt. It's a great movie. Hey, how's it going? Yes, yes. Two good films this weekend for sure. Uh, we're kicking off summer this Friday, May the 28th, getting in that Memorial Day weekend. Of course, Quiet Place 2 from Paramount Pictures. That's new this weekend. Everybody watching it at the premiere last night thoroughly enjoyed it. Sounds like you did as well. Oh, it's fantastic. Yes, yes. Also new this weekend, Cruella, uh, PG-13 from Walt Disney Pictures. And we are still playing Dream Horse from Bleecker Street. Of course, Godzilla vs. Kong is still on the screen. We're playing Spiral from the Book of Saul with uh, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. The Guy Ritchie film starring Jason Statham, Wrath of Man, is still on the screen. We have Those Who Wish Me Dead with Angelina Jolie and Mortal Kombat from Warner Brothers. Those are all playing this weekend, so you can come check those out. But yes, the two new ones, A Quiet Place 2 and Cruella. Yeah, I'm going to see Cruella tonight uh, at uh, the Cabot Cinema. Looking forward to that. It's got to be good. It's got Emma Stone in it. And uh, I was checking out uh, reviews. Most people giving it an 8.5 to 9.3 out of 10. Uh, A Quiet Place getting high nines uh, as far as it's concerned. I I thought, you know, Kaczynski's turned into quite the director. He does a great job. And what's interesting about... Uh, Quiet Place 2, I mean, if you saw the first one, you know what the storyline is. And he opens up all new, you know, broad areas that weren't even covered in the first movie. It's it's really good. Like, what was it like the day that it happened? That that kind of stuff. Really, really uh, well done movie. Uh, Evidently, he considered that this was going to be a trilogy, so... Uh, from what I'm hearing, we'll have one more, and the way it ends leaves it open for uh, another chapter in this uh, in this great story. We definitely need that part three. Yes, this movie's spot on. If you enjoyed the first one, you're going to enjoy this one. It's a good weekend to get out and return to the movies, no doubt about it. Of course, you can get your tickets at Riverdale10.com. Uh, we got a full food menu right there at your service. Of course, we're serving beer and wine, and we have the luxury leather recliners uh, with tray tables and reserve seating. So be sure to check that out. Uh, refills are back on our popcorn bucket, so you get a refill for $4.50 on yep. that super extreme extra large bucket. And you get free popcorn on Wednesdays with the ticket purchase. So remember that. Discount matinees start today. Uh, we open at noon at all the cinema locations in Arkansas. We have discount matinees all summer long. They start today. Of course, uh, Tuesday is still $5 movie tickets for everyone. And on June the 7th, we'll be kicking off our family film series. It'll be Tuesday and Thursday mornings. Doors at 10.30 a.m. Showtime is 11 a.m. Uh, popcorn, only a dollar. Uh, soda, only a dollar. Uh, reduced ticket prices, uh, $2, $3, $4, depending on the location for that. 
and all the movies are PG. They're roughly 90 minutes. Uh, it's a great program for uh, daycare centers, babysitters, uh, kids that are home for the summer. Be sure to check that out. We'll be doing it for eight weeks uh, this summer. Uh, it starts Monday, June the 7th. And you know, we've got a good slate of movies, including uh, Scoob, Angry Birds 2, Sonic the Hedgehog, Lego Movie 2, Trolls World Tour, Croods to a New Age, The Secret Life of Pets 2, and How to Train Your Dragon 3. So be sure to check that out. Get those deals. Get the kids out of the house early in the morning, Tuesdays and Thursdays. $5 tickets, on, excuse me, Mondays and Thursdays for those deals. Uh, $5 tickets for all movies on Tuesday, free popcorn on Wednesday, discount matinees daily. Well, you got some great family movies coming up, Matt. And let me get my break in, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about the new Ghostbusters movie that's busting out on June 8th. you got the new Peter Rabbit 2 coming out on the 10th. Uh, there are some other family movies as well. Uh, the Hitman's Wife is coming, and we'll want to talk about that as well. I mean, those are all just right around the corner. I, I guess this weekend we'll tell you uh, how the American public is feeling about going back to the movies. I think they're going to be there. We had a pretty good crowd last night on a Thursday night. I expect that you'll have uh, pretty well sold-out uh, stadium seating coming up on uh, uh, tonight. So we'll be back and talk about all of this in just a moment. Let me remind everybody, though, right now about Pat uh, Davis getting your uh, health insurance taken care of with Pat. Do it a different way. You know, he's right. You know, the, 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 the definition of being nuts is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, he says, call him. He'll tell you that he's got a different way of doing it, and it's going to save you a lot of money, 30 to 50% on your health insurance costs. If you're self-employed, this is definitely the way to go for you. It's actual insurance. It is not a share plan. Uh, you get to choose any provider that's uh, doing business here in the nation, and there are no co-pays. This is all uh, different stuff that, than you hear when you talk about health insurance uh, in the United States. So talk to Pat Davis. Uh, do that today. 501-605-6935. That's 501-605-6935. Or visit him online, Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, let's finish it up with uh, Matt. You got a lot of uh, family movies coming up, Matt. Our, yes. uh, our classic movie is coming up on uh, June the 8th, and we're showing the original Ghostbusters. It only makes sense to show it uh, because uh, the new Ghostbusters will be coming out just a little bit later this year. Yes, check that out. Tickets are on sale at Riverdale10.com. It's 7 o'clock Tuesday, uh, June the 8th. That's Ghostbusters from 1984. It's PG. Tickets are only $5. They're on sale now, Riverdale10.com. Be sure to check that out. We also have a, a special early access screening for the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. That looks great. We are going to play that Friday, June the 11th, and Saturday, June the 12th at 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. at the Riverdale 10 VIP Cinema in Little Rock, the Hot Springs 8 VIP Cinema in Hot Springs, and the Cabot 8 VIP Cinema in Cabot. Those tickets are on sale now. It's a special early access program. You can see it that Friday night or that Saturday night, uh, the 11th or 12th, at those three locations. Before it opens, 
Uh, it opens the following week. Uh, great lineup of films uh, coming up in June. Of course, as we talked about, we've got Cruella from Walt Disney Pictures and A Quiet Place 2 from Paramount. They are new today. On June the 4th, we have Spirit Untamed from DreamWorks. It's PG, good for the whole family. The Conjuring 3 is out for the horror film fans on June the 4th. Hoorah! On June the 11th, we'll have In the Heights from Warner Brothers, uh, and that is from the same team that brought you Hamilton. Uh, new musical there. On June the 11th, we also have Peter Rabbit 2 from Sony Pictures. Uh, the following week is The Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. That's actually going to open on Wednesday, June the 16th, but you can see it on the 11th in Hot Springs, Cabot, and Riverdale. Special early screenings there. And then, of course, June 25th, we have Fast and Furious 9, The Fast Saga. So a lot of big motion pictures in the month of June, this June 20 of 21. Excited you know, i, I got to ask you a question. I've, I've been watching the trailers uh, for, you know, Fast and Furious 9, and uh, it's very obvious that movie is, you know, James Wan is directing again. It's going to be way, way over the top. And do you think that a, I'm, I'm, I know the answer to this, but I'm, I'm going to ask anyway. Do you think that, that they're asking you to, to move beyond it being just about fast cars and being about fast cars and just complete illogic action sequence that it will hurt it in any way, shape or form? No, I mean, they've built that up uh, every uh, single episode uh, from the first one. You know, the first movie uh, really captured uh, something that was happening on the East and West Coast with the extremely modified cars, uh, and that was not something that you saw in the rest of the country at at that time. Uh, and that movie certainly had an impact on people modifying their cars in those ways. Uh, that certainly happened in the first one. The first one had some sequences that were believable, but by the time we got to the second one, uh, we were moving past that. Uh, you know, the first movie had a lot of things with turbos and nitrous oxide and different spoilers and rims and motors and things like that that people actually did to the cars. But as you get to, you know, part two, part three, part four, we just move more and more into this action fantasy realm and things that are impossible. So obviously here at, you know, um, the ninth one, Fast and Furious 9, the Fast Saga, it is above and beyond belief. I mean, it is <laughs> it has moved into the superhero realm. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But now, is that going to hurt the box office? Absolutely not. That's a $1 billion franchise worldwide, and Fast and Furious 9 is already open in overseas markets, and it has set records sold more tickets than any of the other entries in the franchise or in the series. How are the tickets looking for uh, uh, Quiet Place 2 and uh, Cruella for this weekend? Do people need to get on on uh, line as we speak would, and start ordering your tickets? I would go online and buy my tickets in advance, certainly if you want the great and wonderful seats. Uh, I know if you've come out and supported us, because you know, we reopened on May the 18th of 2020, so, you know, we've been open for a year and 10 days today. I know if you've come out and supported us uh, over the past year, uh, you know, you've you've seen our crowd grow. But people will be back this weekend, and you need to get those reserved seats. Uh, there's a lot of pent-up demand for A Quiet Place, too. Uh, people enjoyed the first movie. And as you remember, 
um, the A Quiet Place 2 was originally supposed to open in March of 2020. Right. So people are extremely aware of this movie. They've seen the trailers. They've wanted to see it for a long time. They know that it's out there. And it's really a good movie to launch our um, summer season because the, the marketing for that film has already been done. It is a known entity. So it's good that it's out today. But, yes, people are going to come for that. You need to you need to get in the habit of purchasing your tickets in advance again online at the website, Riverdale10.com in Little Rock. You can click theaters to see the other locations. But to, I'll throw them out there for you in Cersei at CerseiCinema.com. Of course, in Dave's hometown of Cabot, it's CabotVIPCinema.com. Down in Hot Springs, HotspringsVIP.com. And up at Batesville, of course, we're OaksVIPCinema.com. And remember, you know, we're serving beer and wine at uh, Riverdale 10 in Little Rock, at the Hot Springs 8 VIP Cinema in Hot Springs, and, of course, at the Cabot 8 VIP Cinema in Cabot. All theaters feature luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating, and they all have a full food menu. So be sure to check that out. But, yes, you need to get your tickets in advance. Uh, John, this weekend. Get back in that habit. Yeah, definitely. John Krasinski shows up before, uh, you know, Quiet Place 2 and addresses the uh, audience and welcomes them back to the theaters again. And I have to tell you, not only did they edit this movie great, the way that they did the sound is great. I mean, if everybody remembers what those creatures sounded like, that, that kind of creaky noise that they make, uh, they use that to optimum effect in this motion picture. That Dolby dynamic range 7.1 surround sound is amazing. It really is good. There's no doubt about it. Really no is good. It. It, and I'll, I'll be honest, back, brother. It, takes, it takes a lot to make me jump in a, quote, scary movie, but... I can tell you there's three specific times that I jumped almost out of my skin in that movie. It had some really great uh, great parts in it. So uh, you'll enjoy this one, folks. Make sure you don't miss it, and you want to see it back on the big screen again because with the sound and uh, with what is all going on and the framing of the shots, there's a scene where one of these aliens is uh, chasing uh, Emily Blunt through a steel mill that uh, from the, on the top of the of the ceiling that you don't want to miss watching it on a small screen TV. I'm just telling you, don't want to miss it. It's just so in, incredible, and uh, I can't say much more than that about going to see it. It's a great movie. So we know that we got a lot of great movies coming up. Uh, I'll be at uh, you know uh, Cabot vip cinema there when all i gotta do if you want to know how much i go to the movies i go to google i tip, type in a c and it brings up cabot vip cinema because that's, <laughs> that's the number number one place i go to when i, I think you have a pop, a popcorn problem we might have to do a new well I, yeah now. you might have to do that but I, I i've got a movie problem i <laughs> when you guys walk hey everybody when you walk into cabot uh, cinema and you get ready to go get to see your movie check out that raft of man poster with statum and look at his hands it's it's an incredible poster i it, love that movie That's oh such a great film it is a good it. movie it was real i really like that movie a lot it's one uh, like i said this is not king arthur by guy Ritchie. this is <laughs> raft of man by guy Ritchie, and he it does a great on. job Perfect. Yeah, he did great really good. action film. I loved it. Loved it. All right, brother, I'm going to let you go. Have a great uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to go see the, 
the uh, the Travs play, and then I'm going to watch some television, watch the Razorback baseball team, and watch the Razorback female softball team play this weekend as well. But you have a good one, okay? Riverdale10.com. All right. Later. Thank you, brother. Matt Smith here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, yeah, let me run over for you again uh, about what's going on as far as baseball and, and fast pitch softball. Uh, in the baseball realm, Arkansas knocked off Vanderbilt last night. That was a great game. Uh, and I'm a little bit tired this morning because I stayed up and watched it. Uh, Arkansas ranked number one in the country, Vanderbilt number three. Vanderbilt is known to turn out a lot of great pitching, and that was evident last night. But Arkansas wins that game 6-4. They are in the winner's round. They're undefeated as they're in the uh, Super Regional. So uh, they'll be playing again on uh, Saturday. Uh, Vanderbilt plays Old Miss tonight. That's number three against number five. Then in softball, Arkansas starts their Super Regional uh, today at 6 p.m. on ESPNU. They'll be taking on Arizona. You won't want to miss that. And then they play again on Saturday at 4 p.m. Hopefully no game on Sunday that uh, Arkansas will have punched their ticket to the College World Series over in Oklahoma City. Well, I will be back with you on Tuesday. Don't miss the show. Dennis Milligan will be with us, state treasurer. He'll talk about the uh, uh, what they're doing as far as bringing uh, suit against some of the uh, things going on in the Biden administration. Uh, and then Elizabeth Sotolaro will be with us. And in the second hour, it'll be the Bible guys. But a best of show on Monday, and it'll be a good one. If you missed the governor's interview, you can hear it again on Monday in the 7 o'clock hour. Until Tuesday, happy Memorial Day. Remember our great troops that have given their lives for your and my freedom.